Town Bank Mortgage, NMLS number 512138, is an equal housing lender. This podcast is for informational purposes only. And now, the man born with a 5 o'clock shadow and with the NMLS number 2028201. He is a gentleman. He is a scholar. He is Tyler Crawley. Well, it looks like we have made it through the data desert. Probably the worst drought. Oh, you know what? I like desert better. I was going to say drought. And for some reason, my brain went to desert. I like it. The data desert. The drought is officially over. We will be getting some economic slash housing data today. But we made it. We made it through a pretty boring start to the week. Welcome, everyone, to the Thursday edition of the Markets and Mortgages podcast. I am the aforementioned host of this program, Tyler Crawley. And we actually do have some data to get to. uh, Mortgage demand. Good news. We will talk about that. Uh, And then we have a very interesting article in the New York Times about religious groups getting involved in affordable housing. And it turns out God is a Yimby. (laughs) That's right. I knew. I knew he was on our side. I knew he was on our side. God is a Yimby. He wants to see housing get built. (laughs) Just remember that. All the NIMBYs out there, remember, you're not only fighting to a selfish fight, you know, to to keep your own little fiefdom, whatever it may be, but the possibility of you being smited for all eternity is now on the line because we got God on our side. (laughs) He's on the developer's side. We're going to talk about that. And then some good news about uh, office residential conversions. So we got a good amount to get to here on this Thursday show, but let's start with the little data that we do have. And that was the weekly report from the Mortgage Bankers Association, mortgage demand jumping to an eight month high. Pretty impressive. The overall index, the mortgage market index, including both refis and purchases jumped to a index of 218.2 for the week ending January 19th. That is a almost 4% jump from the previous week and is now the highest level since May 2023. Now, looking at the year-over-year number, still not good. We are down 17.3% from the same time last year. But I have a feeling very soon... If you remember last year, um, things did pick up, but I feel like we're going to pick up even more. So I'm going to bet we're not far off from the year-over-year number turning positive versus (laughs) down almost 20%. Uh, And as I mentioned, purchases, did I mention that? I think I did, Uh, really led the way here. Uh, Purchases continued their upward momentum while refis which, of course, are much more rate sensitive. And we have seen sort of a stagnation with the 30-year fixed. Uh, Those did decline for the first time in three weeks. The purchase index rose for the third straight week to 174.3. That is up 7.5% from the previous week. I mean, that's a big jump. Three weeks in a row, and you're still seeing a a jump that big, 7.5%. The highest level since April 2023. Spring buying season, that, that's what you want to see. The fact that we're in January and we're seeing 
a level of activity that we had not seen since last April, that's pretty good. Uh, the refi index did decline to 438, which was down 7% from the prior week and was the first decline in three weeks. And a lot of that was because of what's going on with the 30-year fixed. The average contract interest rate for the 30-year fixed rate mortgage, according to the Mortgage Bankers Association's weekly survey, was 6.78%. And that was actually up three basis points from the prior week. And it's pretty much in line with what we've seen for the last five weeks. It's been bouncing around from 6.85 to 6.75, just sort of bouncing around in that area, sort of stagnating which I think is pulling people kind of off the refi routes. The average contract interest rate for the 15-year fixed increased seven basis points to 6.31%. Jill Kahn, Deputy Chief Economist at the Mortgage Bankers Association, noted that purchase demand continues to rise despite some light uptick um, or upticks that we've seen in rates, saying, quote, mortgage rates increased slightly last week, but there continues to be an upward trend in purchase activity. Conventional and FHA purchase applications drove most of the increase last week as some buyers moved to act early in the season. I mean, it really is not a bad time. I mean, you are seeing some, some price corrections in housing. It's not necessarily evident in the data, but you're just sort of seeing it. You know, I have sort of anecdotal evidence that you are seeing maybe a little downward movement in prices, not a lot, nothing huge. Uh, but the fact that we are looking at a situation where demand has not skyrocketed, but it is back to April levels, spring buying season levels. Uh, imagine what that number could jump to if we see rates continue to kind of move in that downward trajectory. You could see a big pickup and then that's going to, and with, with no real supply coming on the market, nothing huge which means you could start to see a little bit uh, prices start to rise. And then with more competition means you may have to put an offer in bigger versus right now where you maybe could kind of go under. In a couple months, you're probably going to have to go over ask. <laughs> so that's why I think it's, it's a decent opportunity for people. If you can afford the higher rate, you might be able to get a deal on housing. Um, so that's, that's the limited data that we have on this Thursday podcast. Uh, but I did want to talk about this piece over at the New York Times by Stacy Freed, looking at religious groups. I mean, this could be churches, religious organizations, whatever, deciding to get involved in affordable housing. And it's very fascinating because Freed points out that across the nation, faith-based organizations are redeveloping unused or derelict facilities to help rectify a housing affordability crisis while also fulfilling their mission to do good in the world. And I mean, yeah, it, it is good. Helping someone get a roof over their head, a stable place to live, that's, that's good. And that's what affordable housing a lot of times is. Uh, still, Freed points out, the challenges are mounting. As more houses of worship venture into affordable housing, they face resistance from parishioners who think maybe they shouldn't be in this business. A not in my backyard reaction from local residents, the NIMBYs, and questions of solvency 
from lenders. So they're dealing with their own parishioners, wondering if they should be involved in affordable housing. You got the typical suspect, the usual suspect, the evil NIMBYs like, I don't know. It's going to ruin our neighborhood. And then you have, of course, uh, lenders, banks wondering, "Eh, I don't know. Are these going to be, are we going to make money on these loans? I mean, it's good that the church doesn't care about making money, but banks who are lending their their limited capital out you know they, they're holding the law you know they're trying to hold on to as much reserve as possible thinking there could be you know still some disruptions with interest rates and it's never a bad idea especially regional banks holding on to capital right now and so if we're going to lend this money out i mean are we going to make money on it so all of these factors uh are a part of the situation freed says faith-based organizations can make a dent in uh, how in the housing crunch, according to Ramiro Gonzalez, who is the board chairman of the Impact Guild, a community development incubator in San Antonio, whose Good Acres program aims to help churches maximize their property for community benefit. San Antonio has just over 3000 acres of faith owned property, a vast majority of which is underused. And they go on to point out that a lot of churches, synagogues, religious organizations tend to be land rich and cash poor. So they have a lot of land, but maybe not a ton of money because, you know, they use their money to help people. They're not sitting on reserves. And so they're like, they need the money to be able to make this a reality. But they already have the land. That's the good news. The bad news is, can they afford to do the necessary uh, expenses for building property? Now, across the nation, the story is very similar to what they are seeing in San Antonio. Now, regardless of what's happening on the state level, and you are seeing states like California and others who are saying, hey, you know what? We got to find a way to cut through this red tape. A lot of city councils, zoning boards have made it almost impossible to build new construction. And they've done it on purpose. It's the NIMBYs, right? No, we don't want it's going to ruin the character of the neighborhood this isn't what we want and so they make it almost impossible to build and so some states have said okay we're going to crack down on this but a lot of times it comes down to what is happening at the local level reverend david bowers who is the vice president of the faith-based development initiative for enterprise community partners a national nonprofit developer said there is nimbyism Zoning approvals. It's the nature of the beast. And so I just love that for the longest time, I've been, of course, fighting NIMBYs uh, here on this podcast since its inception. And even before that, um, I've, you know, when I had my radio show, I was always like, you got to, guys, I mean, we got to build. You want to build responsibly. You, you don't want to just build the bill. You don't want bad building. You don't want cheap building. You want building that does reflect the buildings that already exist but you also don't want to discourage it and there's a fine line Um, I mean there's a happy medium I should say and far too often you have some people who just want to build just you know developers right no no regulations just build whatever they want I don't think that's really a good selling point but the other side which is we're not going to build and that somehow message will get out there and then people aren't going to move like for example here in Wilmington like people aren't going to move here because they're going to find out you know developing developing or development excuse me is hard no that's not going to all it's going to really do is hurt the people who are already here (laughs) 
in most cases that don't own a house that are maybe trying to buy because you'll have outsiders who are cash rich um, who can just roll in and pay cash for their house because they sold their house up north or out west or whatever for million dollars can come in here and outbid anyone. And so it's the the local person who relies on the local economy that doesn't have that money. They're the ones that get hurt, not the outsider. The outsider benefits to some extent because they don't have as much competition. They know that their cash offer uh, is going to put them kind of on top of the heap. And so I'm just, I'm just happy to know that with all these faith-based organizations, these churches, these synagogues, that God's a Yimby. I mean, I knew it. I knew it. God is a Yimby. He's on our side. So like I said, choose your battle wisely. If you want to be a NIMBY still and risk eternal damnation, have fun. <laughs> I mean, I guess, I guess your yard is really that important to you it burn forever <laughs> just kidding. uh but no seriously god's again be straighten up all right now you, you've been told that you now you know now that that's gonna be that's gonna be the new plague <laughs> it's not gonna be locusts it's gonna be houses houses and apartments falling from the sky that's the that's the new plague that we're gonna be dealing with no no more uh bugs or animals or or anything. It's going to be a cheap apartment. <laughs> uh, all right. Before we go, I'm having too much fun here uh, with my with my corny jokes uh, that I'm probably the only one that finds them that funny. <laughs> uh, we got more good news. Another plague. Uh, and that would be, of course, all the empty office space that's out there and the problems that are continuing to build, which is office space that was purchased at a very high amount. The price is now collapsed. Uh, they now may have to refi that debt. Interest rates are up. And so they're facing a situation where the property they bought is now worth much less. They owe way too much on it and they're going to have to refi for a higher interest. It, it's, it's bad. And so one of the solutions has been well, why don't we convert them to something that's really needed? We don't need office space. We need residential. And the problem is, is that it's not easy. It's, it's, it's not easy to convert office to residential. Some can be done easier than others. Some it makes no sense and some it does make sense. And the good news is that we have seen quite the increase in office conversions. From 2021 to 2024, the number of apartments scheduled for conversion from old office space have increased from just 12,000 to over 55,000. I mean, that's five, that's an increase of 500%. Am I doing the math right on that? 400, about, yeah, not maybe that much, about 4.2 something, 4.2x is what we've seen happen. Uh, behind this shift lies in a crucial factor, which is the $150 billion office mortgages due by 2024. As residential space demand surges, developers are leaping at the chance to repurpose these aging giants. Currently, office conversions represent a staggering 38% of the 147,000 apartments in future adaptive reuse projects outpacing any other building type. And do you know where the number one place is? This is pretty cool. The number one place, which makes so much sense, Washington, D.C., and I don't know if you guys saw this, 
But I think it was the Nat. No, was it the Nationals? I think it was the Nationals. Um, which their stadium was in D.C. I think they're moving it to Virginia. I think that's what it was. Yeah, because because the Redskins or what are they named? What are they now? The um, Commanders. They were already in Virginia. Uh, or no, I'm sorry, Maryland. Maryland. I should know this. I actually went to opening day. That's what it was. Jack Kent Cook Stadium. Now it's I think FedEx Field. And I don't know. They renamed it as the <laughs> Commander Stadium. I don't know. Um, and that was in Maryland. And so I think they're moving the Nationals to Virginia. They're not moving Cameron Yards. I know it's not the Orioles. So I think it's the Nationals are moving to Virginia. And so just another, and, and I've talked to people who still are up there, friends of mine who still are either up there or visit there more than I do. I haven't been up there since 2009. And oh, I'm sorry. I went there in, I don't know, 2013 for like 36 hours. <laughs> it wasn't a long trip. Uh, DC though is one of the places we're seeing the most because there's just a lot of empty office space. And I've heard it's just, it's the town has lost its spark because there's just no one working downtown. There's no, no one's going out to bars after, after work. And it's just, it's, it's not what it once was. So DC's number one, uh, New York, number two, Dallas, number three, Chicago, Illinois, or yeah, Chicago four, and then Los Angeles rounding out the top five. But it is, it's good to see. I mean, you can't, it can't be done in every office building, but it can be done. And I'm glad to see that when it can be done, they're utilizing it. And maybe that'll be good for downtown DC. Revitalized it a little bit with all that empty office space. All right, we got to go. Oh man, I'm so excited that we actually are going to have some data. It's been fun though. I, you know, I enjoy talking about God being a Yimby. <laughs> we wouldn't have been able to do that if we had a ton of reports out. Uh, all right, so today we got pretty good amount of data. European Central Bank will make their interest rate decision. Uh, durable good orders expected to rise one percent. The GDP for the fourth quarter of 2023 expected to show the economy rising two percent. Uh, jobless claims expected to rise back to 200,000 after last week's big drop to like the crazy low of 187. And then new home sales expected to rise 8.5% to close out 2023. Big, big jump there. So we'll have plenty of data to get to on Friday's podcast, but we're done for Thursday. Remember, God's a Yimby. Choose your battles. As you know, just choose your battles. That's all I'm saying, you know. You can either support development or burn in hell forever. (laughs) I love how harsh that sounds. All right. We got to go. You guys enjoy your Thursday. We'll talk to you tomorrow with a ton of data. A lot to get to on Friday's show. Remember, as always, do not wait to buy real estate. You buy real estate and wait. Wait.